Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Kindest Regards. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're all having wonderful weeks and are looking forward to Friday tomorrow. As always, I have a jam-packed episode for you guys, starting with going into a bit of detail about my self-care routine on a weekly basis. Obviously, self-care encapsulates a number of things and it's a consistent thing, but I thought I'd sort of look at what I do on a more weekly basis um, just to keep it a little bit narrower and easier to implement. And then I'm going to dive into how to be productive working from home. I did a poll on the Kindest Regards pod Instagram and you guys definitely seemed to be keen on getting some tips around that. And then to wrap up, I'm going to do a little bit of wedding chat um, about our wedding venue visit with our wedding planner recently. So stay tuned. Okay, jumping into our first topic. Actually, guys, just quickly, before we dive into it, I was just listening to Call Her Daddy. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of that podcast or also listen. And she just did, Alex Cooper just did an interview with Hailey Bieber. And I just want to recommend that you go listen to it. It was really, really good. And she never chats about anything like she's super private and honestly it was such a such a good interview so highly recommend going and listening to that if you're interested um but diving into our first topic which is my self-care must-dos on a weekly basis I think the first thing to touch on is these are really these are just obviously my personal preferences to maintain self-care on a weekly basis. Obviously, everyone's schedule looks different. Everyone's priorities are different. And I'm not in any way insinuating that you should be doing exactly what I'm doing. And I'm sure there are a million ways that I could improve on my own self-care. But this is coming from someone whose schedule is very much sort of eight to six. Um, And then in my spare time, I am finishing uni. I'm obviously you know, doing socials and podcasts and things like that. So spare time is a little bit limited. I've obviously got like a social life as well as we all do. So these are just sort of the things that I feel are digestible for a busy girl um, rather than someone who perhaps has a different schedule. Like you might do shift work. You might have a little bit more time on your hands. Obviously, if you do, there are a million other ways that you can practice self-care that maybe a little bit more time consuming but these are sort of the little things that just make the week a little bit more bearable for me I think one of my biggest tips before we get into any details is not letting too much time go before actually doing these things like I understand that we all have like our busier moments and things can get a little bit more hectic at certain times but for me it's really important that I do these often rather than letting too much time go and then it sort of doesn't feel as relaxing or enjoyable because you know certain things you've sort of let go I think as well another thing is taking time like my biggest self-care tip really and it's actually it's kind of hypocritical for me to be saying this because I feel like it is something that I'm still very much learning how to do but I am making it a huge priority which is taking time to to actually do nothing and have that be guilt free at the moment 
it's sort of touch and go. I'm such a planner. I always have to know what I'm doing for the day. And like, if I have anything planned, I have to know when we're doing it. I'm just, I'm not a very go with the flow type of gal. It's like, if you've seen that TikTok where it's like, I'm happy to go with the flow, but like, what time does the flow start? I'm like, that's me. (laughs) Like I have to, I want to be spontaneous and I want to be Zen, but there is that sort of going against my natural instinct, which is to be a planner and, I'm just not a go with the flow type of gal. So doing nothing guilt-free is a learning journey for me. It's a bit of a learning experience. I'm not great at it yet, but I'm getting better. And I think that is a really important form of self-care is actually completely switching off and doing nothing and not sitting there going, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And, you know, because then you're not actually recharging, like resting isn't resting if you're spending the entire time feeling guilty about it. And that's something that I've always been guilty of, I guess, is if just say I have a a rare weekend where I haven't got a lot on or a, a rare Sunday where I haven't got a lot on, I'll spend that entire day that I've like allocated for rest, feeling guilty that I'm resting and then wonder why I don't feel rested and like recharged after that day but you're not actually resting if you're giving yourself a hard time about it the whole time that you're taking off so I guess that's a big tip for me is that practicing the art of doing nothing and not actually feeling guilty about that um the second thing for me weekly with self-care is trying to find time to escape Uh, For me, obviously, you know, when you're busy, you can't really do too much escaping during the week. You have to find little micro ways of escaping. Um, One way for me is obviously getting into a good show, really like immersing myself in it. You know, it's something that's really far from reality. I'm not someone who loves dark TV, I guess. Like I like a bit of true crime. I've recently started watching Dharma with Tom and we had to turn it off. I'm not going to lie. We had to turn it off, but it's a credit to the show. It was so good. And Evan Peters was so good that it was actually like a little bit triggering. I I was a little bit, I was uncomfortable watching it. And I've actually spoken to other people and, and they've had similar thoughts. And I'm like, what a shame that this show is so good that I feel like I had to turn it off. Um, normally I like a little bit of true crime and that's as dark as I'll go because I feel like it's factual and, you know, it's almost like watching a documentary, but I'm not into dark TV. I hate watching violence. So I'm not watching like Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, all that stuff. I wish I could get into it. I can't. I've tried many times and it's just not for me. So my form of escapism is watching my comfort shows. My comfort shows are shows I've watched before, but that um, release like dopamine when I watch them. So that's like Friends, The Office, Bridgerton, Frasier, shows that I love that, you know, evoke a positive emotion for me. It's not something I have to sit down and focus for, but it puts me in a really good mood. I'm also a bit of a reality TV fan, um, sort of that like classic reality TV, like Real Housewives and like Vanderpump Rules and Summer House and all those really good Bravo shows. So I love a good rerun of Real Housewives of New York. Nothing just calms me more. It's pretty funny. I'm like, I I love those shows and my sister got me really into them. And then um, when I started dating Thomas and even to this day, if he hears me watching Real Housewives, he's just like, I don't understand how you can be relaxed watching people yell at each other. I'm like, you know, 
I get that 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 sounds like ridiculous, but it is what it is. I, I love those shows and they really do calm me down. I guess it's because it's so far from my reality. It's so silly and like ridiculous that it it's like the best form of escapism for me. So if you're into that stuff, highly recommend. It can be a really good way to escape. Diving into the next little se- like section of self ca- self-care for me on a weekly basis is definitely sort of beauty related and more outward related. I know that a lot of people don't think that that's obviously the most important looking after your, you know, your mental health and your self-talk. That's a primary form of self-care. But for me as well, I am a look good, feel good kind of girl. And if I put a little bit of effort, the tiniest bit of effort into how I'm looking, particularly just coming out of winter, I felt like I had to practice this a little bit more because obviously you're not going out in the sun. You're not like feeling healthy in that way. Like you're not feeling glowy. You're kind of not able to go outside as much. And for me, vitamin D and getting in the sun is what puts me in a really good mood and makes me feel healthy. So not being able to do that, I felt like I had to put a little bit more effort into that aspect of self-care. So I will make an effort each week to put on, at the moment I'm using a gradual tanner because I'm trying not to use as much fake tan, like the develop eight hour, which is just like so against my nature to not use that. But I'm into the gradual tanner at the moment. I use the Bali body one. It's so good. Um, It also allows me to actually get sun now that we're going into spring, going to the beach. It doesn't sort of, it's not completely blocked by like (laughs) layers of fake tan. Um, I'm a sucker for a face mask. I'm cycling retinol at the moment. All these little things each night just make me feel like put together and like I'm putting like investing a little bit of time into my self-care. I do my own nails. That's something that I've I like I have obviously gone and gotten manicures before um, and I used to have acrylic nails, but um for whatever reason, and I know this is such a terrible habit, but every time I get my nails professionally done, I pick it off and I pick it off fast. So I don't think my nails uh, gel well with shellac. Um, even SNS, I will find a way to pick off. And if you've had SNS, you know how difficult that is to do. But I'm also someone where once there's one chip on the nail, all of it has to go. And it just seems that it's such a waste of money for me. So I, I also like, I just have my natural nails and I just let them grow out and trim them and, um, you know, do do it myself. So I'll take a little bit of time each week. I know each week sounds silly, but I'm, I don't know if this is just me, but I, I feel like I'm very like with my hands, like I'm a bit rough with things and I chip my nails so quickly and they need to be done fairly regularly. And once one's bad, they're all bad. So I put in a little bit of time. I do my own nails each week and that is a important form of self-care for me. I feel like I look at my hands often throughout the day and having my nails done just feels good for me. It's one of those parts of my beauty routine that are just a non-negotiable. And also I know that it could be going to get your nails done, but there's something really satisfying about doing your own nails. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but there's something really satisfying about it. Um, if you're looking to do your own nails, I use the Essie Gel polish so it's not like cured by led i do have those but it's not cured by led it's just like a really solid polish and it's like um sealed with a top coat so if you're looking to do your own nails the se gel ones are fantastic and i think they've also got a bit of like a builder in it so they're actually really good for your nails so i absolutely love that um i tend to 
I'm not, I'm not really the type of girl that you're going to see doing like what I eat in a day and those sorts of videos and content just because I think it does contribute to toxic diet culture to see those. And I don't think that anyone should be copying exactly what anyone else is eating. I practice a lot of intuitive eating. Some days I'll be fantastic, completely clean. Other days I'll be 80-20 and some days are just a complete write-off and I'm not perfect with eating. Um, I go up and down, but even just having a few days out of seven that are pretty perfect, like where I will have eaten clean for almost 100% of that day without like, you know, a bad snack or anything like that, that is really good self-care for me because even just a few days out of the week being 100% good or even the couple of days that I do 80-20, that really helps. I I feel good about that. My body like automatically feels better for it. I feel like I have more energy and I just think, I don't know, it sets a good tone for the week. And by the end of the week, I can kind of feel good about like, you know, letting loose on the weekend, having a few naughty lunches or having a few spicy mugs. I don't feel badly about that because not that you should feel badly about that, but it's more just, it's not even from like a looks perspective or that I'm worried about that, but I feel it's a feeling like I feel sluggish. I feel bloated. It's such a, everyone knows that feeling and it's just gross. And if I've had a week where I've just let myself go a little bit, I've focused on convenience over nutrition. I always regret it because from a self-care perspective, I feel rubbish. So even just a couple of days making a real effort to eat clean is a big self-care tip for me. Um, I know I talked about this in an earlier pod, but I I have gotten so good with taking my vitamins. I feel like that's a really good form of self-care. I used to be really like intermittent sort of sporadic with them. And I would try and go through like a phase of being so good. I would take them every day and then I'd have like two months where I didn't even look at them. So I feel like I've gotten much, much more consistent with vitamin taking. I know I mentioned that I'm a bit of a JS Health Stan, and I really am. I still am. I take the hair and energy, the detox, deep bloat, and the skin and digestion ones pretty religiously. I've also got the AMPM combo. Um, I've even sort of doubled up in the sense that I've got them at home and I've also got them in my locker at work. So I have no excuses. If I'm working from home, I take them. If I'm in the office, I don't have to lug them to the office. There's literally no excuse. Once I've eaten, go to the locker get the vitamins. It's just, it's become a good habit for me. And even, I think it's a little bit mental. It's just like, it can be a little bit placebo as well. Like I I think they do work, but it is a little bit placebo. Like you're putting a bit of effort into that routine and you know, it's doing something good for your body and it does make you feel kind of instantly good. My last self-care tip each week is, and uh, I'm such a hypocrite. I know this sounds awful. Some weeks I'm incredible with this and other weeks I'm rubbish, but self-care is a journey and I'm getting better. I like to make sure that I have a few nights each week where I'm doing absolutely nothing. I'm at home. I have no like dinners with friends. I have no like drinks with the girls. I like Tom and I aren't getting dinner, like just being at home doing absolutely nothing just having a dinner at home, going to bed, like watching a show, you know, having a bath, having nowhere to be. 
that is a form of self-care for me because as I said earlier, I'm not good at doing nothing. And you know, if you're a corporate girl or you got a full-time job as well, or you know what that's like, just having a hectic schedule, those evenings are precious. And sometimes it can be incredibly draining to have to go out after work, depending on the day you've had. It can be really... I don't know, counterproductive to your energy levels and your mood to push yourself to be social and push yourself to go out when it's really not what you want to do, but you made the plans and you feel bad canceling. So I try to dedicate a few nights a week where I am not allowed mentally, like I've, I'm not allowed to make plans those nights, not because I have anything on, but because I don't. So that is a big self-care tip for me as well to make sure that I Each week, I am constantly recharging my batteries. So the next topic is how to be productive working from home. Um, As I said, I did a poll on the Kindest Regards pod Instagram, and you guys definitely voted for this one. Um, Sort of is the most excited to hear about, I guess. And I definitely get why. I think it's... A difficult topic because obviously a lot of us are working from home. I'm doing hybrid, which so basically I have a couple of days at home and a couple of days in the office. Um, I could be in the office every day, but I, you know, no one's doing that. So we're sort of, I'm sort of at the moment doing two days in the office, three days at home, sometimes three in the office, but rarely. Um, so making sure that sort of the setup, the routine, all of the habits are good working from home to make sure that I'm getting just as much out of my workday, but I'm also, you know, having a good balance. It's definitely been a journey since COVID hit. I've learned some things along the way with the process of working from home. Um, And I would say that my biggest tip for working from home. And I know that a lot of people probably already do this or the complete opposite. But when I started working from home, I was so excited about it. I thought it was the best thing ever. It was like the best thing to come out of COVID. And to be honest, it probably still is that hybrid work flexible environment is definitely the best thing to come out of COVID. But I would just like roll out of bed at like 8.45. I'd keep my laptop next to my bed. I'd like start my day with my laptop on my lap in bed. I would just like cruise like through the morning. I would like start the day in bed, work from bed. And then, you know, when I sort of got sick of that, I'd get up, move to my desk, work from there for a bit. It was just like a little bit, not lazy because obviously I'm still working, but it was just like a bad habit. You know, it just like wasn't, it wasn't super conducive to like being the most productive I could be, I guess. Like I I was sort of, it felt lazy at the very least to be working from bed. Like there was something that just didn't feel quite right about it. Also, I started to feel like my environment, there was no distinction between work and home. Like, cause I was working wherever I felt like it. Like I was working from bed. I was working from the couch. I was working from my study. I was working from wherever the dining table. Like I was constantly mixing it up. And even though that was kind of fun to begin with, it also then felt like I couldn't escape work. Like I was working everywhere. Work was everywhere. Home was everywhere. It was just not great for the whole, you know, switching off process, compartmentalizing work and home. It just like wasn't ideal. Now, I definitely don't do that. I, I, I can't remember the last time I did that. I don't even work from my couch. I don't work from my dining table. I don't work from bed. 
I have my desk in the study. That's where I work from. I've got my monitors. I've got my laptops. I've got everything there. It's set up within an inch of its life now. I just recently got a standing desk and a new like new monitors just like did a bit of a revamp since all the stuff I had from COVID, um, like the start of COVID. And that area is you know, that's work. That's where I switch on. That's where I do my work all day. It's, you know, that's where I get in the zone. And then when I come out of the study, I'm in my home, I'm in my bedroom and, you know, the living room and the dining room and the kitchen, you know, that's not, that's not workspace. And that allows me when I do log off for the day and the day is done, I can go into the rest of my home and feel like I'm not still in work mode. It just makes it a little bit easier to switch off and be, you know, relaxed in my home environment, which I think is so important when we've got this, you know, this hybrid environment. It's so important to make sure that we are compartmentalizing as best we can. In terms of being productive, I'm a big list person. I make to-do lists every single day. I do have just regular, I have these, um, I have these little notebooks. They have like your initial on them. You can get, you know, whatever your initial is. Mine's obviously K. So it comes in this little like aqua blue color, like Tiffany blue. They're from Officeworks. I have like four of them in my drawer, like ready to be used. That's like my to-do list notebook. I've also got the productivity journal from the intelligent change, which I'm obsessed with. I use that almost every day as well to break down more granular tasks and make sure that I'm, um, you know, ticking them off throughout the day, um, which I absolutely love. I have, I know I put on my story this week, um, that I have these little Barla weights on my desk as well. They're these tiny, small, they're not crazy heavy little, um, sort of cylinder weights and they're amazing whenever like I could be in a meeting and I drive my camera on and we're just talking and we're doing things I might be like lifting weights at the same time just like I find it's a really good way for me to be present as well like brings me it's like grounding in a weird way like brings me to the present like being in touch with your body like that you know in a meeting or you could just like take five minutes and you know do that at your desk it can kind of be quite grounding maybe that's weird that's just me but I really love doing that Um, something else that's really important. And I know that when we first, like everyone started working from home, I used to get really caught up in household tasks. I'd be like, oh, I'll just like put on a load of laundry. And then I'd put on like four and then I'd be like, oh, I'll just quickly like wipe down, you know, the kitchen. And then all of a sudden I'm like 15 minutes has passed and I've cleaned like half the kitchen. I don't really do that anymore. I think, you know, it's great that you can in your break or you can make a coffee, chuck a load of laundry on, jump back to your desk. That's amazing. But just be really mindful not to get too caught up in household tasks. It does for me, even though breaks are really important, it doesn't really feel like a break if you're like going and doing work around the house. Like it is one of the benefits that you can on your lunch break, maybe do something around the house that you wouldn't obviously be able to do if you're in the office, but just be like, you know, use with caution. Don't get too caught up. Because then obviously you're obviously not using your lunch break the way you should be using it, which is to eat lunch or your, you know, your breaks throughout the day. Try not to get too caught up in household tasks. That's sort of leaning again on the compartmentalizing a little bit. Another really big thing for me is to not be inside all day, every day. I'm lucky we live near a village of shops. So I really do try every day at some point to get out of the house, even if it's just walking down the road to get a coffee, could be walking to Woolies on my lunch break and grabbing a few snacks for the week. 
It could be going to the news agency. It could be anything. Oh, I've got to grab something from the chemist. I've got to go to the post office and pick up a package. It's just little errands. Obviously, like being within walking distance is very convenient because I can do those really quickly and within my break times. But I need to get out of my apartment at some point during the day. Otherwise, I'll find an entire day has passed. I have not left the apartment. And then Thomas gets home. We have dinner. And it's like, oh, it's nighttime. You know, the whole day has gone by. I'm more productive when I get a little bit like those sort of micro breaks and getting outside and getting some fresh air really does help with those micro breaks. I find... I don't know, maybe it's sort of psychological as well. Just like getting out of that environment, even just for like 15 minutes, so helpful. Make sure you don't, you know, let the day roll by and then all of a sudden it's nearly dark and you haven't been outside. It's super important. My last sort of tip to being productive and enjoying working from home is I love, this is a habit I have in my life and it's something that I've gotten so good at practicing, but I, and I know it's like a a bit of a thing on TikTok as well. And like a lot of people really hype it up and I, I don't think it's a silly thing at all, but romanticize the little things in your day. It's really, it it makes me enjoy working from home. It makes me like, kind of like, okay, like let's get into the routine. Like I wake up pretty much the same time every day. It's probably around 6.30. I'll wake up every day. Um, Even if I try and sleep in, I can't. I'm awake at 6.30, maybe earlier, somewhere between 6, 6.30. And I have my little coffee station with my Nespresso machine, my little cups from Amazon, my straws, my whole like... I've got my pods that I like, you know, I make a little bit of a moment out of having my coffee in the morning. You know, you set up your space in such a way that it does spark joy for lack of a better way of putting that. It does spark joy. It makes like the little mundane parts of the day a little bit more fun. And then I go out on my balcony and we've got like new furniture out there and I'll sit down and just like enjoy a moment in the morning, you know, in the sun. It's just like little things like get into these little tiny habits, romanticize the little things, you know, put in a little bit of effort into, you know, your desk space, your coffee, you know, it could be like a little coffee cart or your coffee space, like whatever the case may be. You know, maybe put in a little bit of effort if you have a balcony or a veranda or a little outdoor space, you know, make it a nice place for you to go in your breaks or to start your morning. I don't know. There's something about it. It just sets the tone for the day or makes you feel really refreshed during your breaks throughout the day. So I highly recommend romanticizing the little things. I don't know. It makes your life, you know, you're the main character. You're the main character in your life. Just enjoy the little things. Just a little segment to wrap up the pod today. I went for a site visit last Friday with Thomas and our mums to our wedding venue, which was so exciting. We got to actually meet in person with our wedding planner, which was also really, really exciting. Obviously, we've spoken to her a lot (laughs) since we hired her, but we haven't actually had the opportunity to meet in person and to actually be able to do it in our wedding venue was just so, so special. We are getting married at Redleaf in Wollumbi, which is in the Hunter Valley region of New South Wales. And obviously the sort of the nature aspect of it and that environment will look very different in May because we will have all those beautiful autumn colors. But honestly, guys, I can't even explain. It's so surreal to be in that 
environment, like talking through the details of your wedding. Like there's something about it that's just so surreal. I feel like we we all could really visualize it. Like there's just such a buzz about it. It's so exciting. It's so much fun. Um, we got to go through all the little details with our wedding planner, who, by the way, is just like the most awesome organized like person on the planet. I, I can't believe... I had the nerve to think that I could do this without a wedding planner. That at this stage of the game is hilarious to me. Tom made us get a wedding planner. He was like, we are both too busy and we're too much of perfectionists to not have a wedding planner. That is the best money we've ever spent. And I would do it over and over and over again. Um, you have, it's so crazy how much goes into planning a wedding and with both of us being absolute perfectionists, we both want things done a certain way and there's no way that we could do it justice with the limited amount of time that we both have. Um, so having a wedding planner has been, oh, I just, and I'm not, I, I'm not even exaggerating when I say there hasn't been a single part of planning this wedding that's been stressful. There hasn't been a single day or moment where planning this wedding has stressed me out. It has literally been nothing but a joyful fun, exciting process. And honestly, I can attribute that to two things. Tom being so incredible throughout the process, being so hands-on involved. We've definitely like been a partnership throughout. Well, actually it's probably more like 70, 30, 70% him. But the other part is having such an incredible wedding planner. Um, it's honestly a non-negotiable for me. And I think maybe like we're not having a small wedding, but we're not having a massive wedding. It's definitely somewhere in between. And I think if you're having anything between a medium and a large wedding, it's, I can't recommend it enough guys. Like, you know, planning your wedding should be fun and exciting. And I think sometimes getting too much in the minutia of the planning can be what makes it stressful. And that sort of aspect of it is taken away and you are really just involved in the fun decisions and all that sort of stuff. So we got to do a lot of that, sorting out all the styling, everything like that. It's so surreal, like looking at where your aisle's going to be. And it's just like, it's hectic, guys. It's such an incredible experience. And then we got to have a beautiful lunch. Oh, the lunch, guys. I highly recommend if you're ever in the Hunter Valley region or around Wollombi, it's called Bistro Molines, I think is how you pronounce it. It was the most beautiful restaurant it's like right backed onto a vineyard it was stunning the food was amazing we got to have like a really beautiful lunch and it was just so special getting to sit down with both of our mums obviously for the you know for lunch and for the day and just talk through all the details of our wedding there's something so special about it I think for me like I'm the last person last child in my family to get married and Tom is actually the first in his to get married so there's kind of I don't know. I think uh, we've, we've all got a bit of a buzz about it and it's definitely approaching quickly. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm starting, it's starting to feel so real and I'm just super excited and buzzing about it. So that was such a special journey and I'm making sure to post a lot more about like my wedding and the planning and stuff on my Instagram, Catherine Ray Robinson, if you are interested. Um, I have some highlight reels on like the engagement and wedding prep and stuff because it is fun and I love sharing that stuff with you guys as well. 
So that wraps up this episode of Kindest Regards. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, please head to the Kindest Regards pod Instagram if you have any requests for upcoming episodes or any comments. I love hearing from you guys. I've been getting, I don't I don't even know, like the sweetest, kindest, longest messages from you guys that I've ever received. And they are just so touching and it could be asking for advice or just honestly just saying the sweetest kindest things and there's nothing I love more than chatting to you guys and hearing what you want from this podcast and from the platform because obviously that's the most important thing so thank you guys so much for listening I hope I made your journey to work or your journey home (laughs) a little bit more entertaining and I will chat to you guys soon